0: We are joined now by Julie Rabinovitz, the Director of Communications and Operations at the Maine Department of Labor, and the Commissioner as well, Jeannie Paquette, is in a double dose of trouble this morning. Good morning, ladies. (laughs) Good
1: Good morning, morning, Matt. Thank you. Happy April Fool's.
0: Yes, absolutely. No April Fool's pranks (laughs) here. We got nothing. (laughs) No. Um, We do have some very good news about the unemployment rate, though. Let's talk a little bit about that to start off.
2: Well, the unemployment rate has hit uh, a low of 5% right now. And it's considered full employment when you're at about 4.5. So we really are changing the corner from be, being an uh, employer's market where there's a lot of jobs and not enough people to an employee's market where there's a lot of people, a lot of wait, jobs. Wait, wait. I think reverse, <laughs> that. Re- reverse it. Reverse it. There's a lot of people for not enough jobs, and now we have a lot of jobs with not Enough people.
0: It's not a bad problem to have, I and mean, it's been a while. I mean, yes. April 2008. We're looking now at, you know, April of 2015. That's almost seven years. This re- this recovery and this turnaround has taken a very long time.
2: Yes, it has, and I think we've got we've got to really um, make sure that people understand, especially our businesses, that because of this shift, it's going to have to um, really look at how businesses recruit and retain workers, because we're seeing a lot of workers who may have been underemployed um, or unhappy in their jobs starting to move now because they see that there is some, ha- some hope for maybe uh, getting into a new line of work.
0: How does this compare to the rest of New England? Not in terms of like specifically, but what's the New England average and how's Maine doing compared to that?
1: The New England average is five point three percent, and so our our unemployment rate is lower than that. Rhode Island has been struggling, and Connecticut as well. They really haven't pulled out as quickly as some of the other states. Um, Vermont and New Hampshire are both at three point nine, and and we are, um, you know, they have a they have small populations, small workforce. So uh, as the economy picks up. More people are getting hired, and there's fewer people who are unemployed. And we're about to reach that point. We have a lot of baby boomers who are starting to retire, and that's opening up replacement jobs, as well as the new job growth. So it's we need workers both to fill um, those retirees places, as well as to take the the new opportunities that are cropping up as the economy picks up and businesses start to grow again.
0: Is there a particular sector that, that's really starting to, to pick up a little bit, or is everything just kind of starting to pick itself up gradually?
1: This month, actually, we saw the most growth in professional and business services. And what's important about that is those are services um, that would include things like law firms and architectural firms and marketing companies. And those are the pieces You know, back in the days of the mill, all those people would have worked for the mill company. And now they're all independent small businesses, in many cases here in Maine. And those individuals, uh, I mean, those businesses are doing services for the businesses that are growing. So when professional and business services are growing, that means many other businesses are growing because they are hiring those businesses to do that kind of work for them. If you're growing, you need lawyers, you need architecture, you need staffing services, and all those kinds of things.
0: Julia Rabinovitz and Jeannie Paquette are in from the Maine Department of Labor. We'll have more of them coming up. You can follow them on Twitter, Maine underscore labor for all the latest Department of Labor releases. It's eight twelve. it's 29 degrees. This is The Breakfast Club on Z1055. The news continues now. We are joined by Jeannie Paquette and Julie Rabinovitz from the Maine Department of Labor. You can follow them on Twitter, Maine labor main underscore labor. It's got the Maine Department of Labor releases, newsletters, and more. We've been talking about the unemployment rate. We've got a bunch of different things happening here. Um, segueing in for... LA it's happening here obviously there let's talk go. a little bit about the I didn't plan that I swear <laughs> try the veal tip your <laughs> right, exactly. tip your waitresses um, let's talk a little bit about the and Auburn unemployment rates and in, in the uh, unemployment rate here in andrews County and how that's com- comparing to the rest of the state
1: so the uh, the local unemployment rates when we look at the county mm-hmm. rates and this the metropolitan area rates those are not seasonally adjusted so we don't take out the winter lows and the summer highs Um, but in, in, so the statewide rate, just to give a benchmark for the not seasonally adjusted is 6%. So the seasonally adjusted is five, the not seasonally adjusted is six. And then when we look at the counties, Androscoggin County is right at 5.6. So they're below the statewide average in terms of the unemployment rate. And, uh, Oxford is a, is a little higher. They're about, uh, seven. So, um... You know, the the highest county is Washington County with 9.9, and the lowest is Cumberland at 4.5. When we look at Lewiston-Auburn, the metro area, they are also at 5.6%, and uh, Bangor is a little lower at 5.4, and Portland is at 4.7. So uh, consistently what we see is the metropolitan areas are lower and have a stronger uh, recovery in terms of unemployment than um, the more rural areas of the state. But uh, Lewis and Auburn's a full p- percentage point from a year ago down. So w- we continue to see that 2014 was a year of tremendous uh, bounce back in terms of people getting back to work.
0: You know there's been some uh, current there's some current legislation going right now with the, the main Department of Labor, one of which I, I know has been uh, fought for before. Uh, it's allowing uh, kids who work or uh, teenagers that work, uh, to work uh, some later hours and uh, kind of off the air, kind of a good point, and, and it makes a lot of sense. I cover a lot of high school sports, and you have a lot of kids that are playing in basketball tournaments in February, and the game tips off at. It's scheduled for nine thirty. Sometimes it can yeah. tip off later, yet somehow they can't work past ten fifteen. They can also be up for ice time at four o'clock over at the ice arena, but again, we're concerned about their lack of sleep. So let's talk a little bit about that and and what we can, what the uh, legislation's about.
1: So we're proposing uh, another youth employment bill, where we, you know, we call it child labor laws. But the child labor law image in your head is the black and white photo of the kid in the mill, and they're like ten or eleven or twelve. And what we're talking about now is is uh, improving the opportunities for um, fourteen and fifteen year olds and sixteen and seventeen year olds to work, and getting them. Uh, a culture to learning how to work. What do you do at work? And so we are looking to uh, allow them to work a little bit later, um, from ten fifteen to eleven. Uh, and then we're also looking to let them work in movie theaters and bowling alleys again. We're back to try to to get that access. As as you know, the bowling alley today is not the bowling alley of the sixties, and the kids would do things like you know birthday parties and clean tables and. Pick up the trash, Um, and in movie theaters, uh, that was so that they didn't see R-rated movies, really. And they can see so much more on their cell phone in their pocket (laughs) than they could see at the movie theater uh, today. We think it's reasonable to allow them to work in movie theaters. uh,
0: Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, we all, all, you know, big picture, we really need to modernize um, when when you. can and should start to work. I was with the governor the other day, and he made a really good point. He said, you know, when it's 16, 17, it's almost too late if they have never had a responsible uh, job, even just mowing lawns or or whatever. We have not really done a good job at getting kids to understand what it means to uh, take orders, to follow through, to show up on time. Um, those behaviors uh, can't just be learned. They need to be looked at earlier than when they're seniors in high school. So we really wanna push um, the opportunities for young people to get jobs as early as possible. And one of the things I think the audience should realize is that when kids want to work before the age of 16, they have to get a work permit. And the worker's permit, we've streamlined it to a point but it still requires you to have a job offer before we will be able to issue you the permit. And the reason for that is we wanna make sure that the employer, and this is where the safety comes in, is legitimately giving you an, a job that is in a safe environment and it's not one that um, would put the child at danger. So there, I think that the movement is we, we need to get kids the work skills starting as early as possible and one way to do that is to help us pass this very important bill
0: makes a lot of sense is there a, any type of like statistics or and you may not have fun off the top of your head maybe something to have later on for like a churn rate for for young adults that work maybe from like 18 to 21 i'd be very interested in that cuz I, I i'm willing to bet that there's a lot of, eh, I'm going to go do something else instead of working well, at a professional job or something like that. There's
1: a couple things I do know off the top of my head. One is that that age group, 24 and under, has the highest level of unemployment still coming out of the recession. Those are the, the group with the least amount of skills, and they've continued to have the highest rates of unemployment here in Maine in terms of demographic groups. But also the number of work permits that we've been issuing at the department has declined almost, like, almost... Um, by like 200% uh, since early 2000s. And and part of that is a shift for kids to have more activities. Uh, More kids are going to college, so they're focusing on getting all those extracurricular activities in. Um, but, But with our shrinking labor force and our need to have more workers, we will have a lot more opportunities for young people to enter the workforce. And um, and they'll have a lot more options, and we expect that those unemployment rates of that group will will decline. But there, if it's that's a age where you're trying out things, you know, you you, you work for the grocery store, you work in the restaurant, you work folding clothes in the retail shop, and you decide what you like and what you don't like to do. And part of that is that churn that you talked about.
2: And I'd like to just add real real quick that the fact is is that when kids come out of college these days when I've been doing screening of resumes which I've done for many many years and what I've seen is that the kids that have work experiences they are looked upon as more favorable than if the kids just did activities and those are on their resume when I see that that kids have had um, work experiences through high school and then on into college, whether it be part-time in the summers or or whatever, that gives the employer the sense that they do know what it's like to show up on time, dress appropriately, and have good work behaviors. So that needs to be, you know, when kids are coming out of school, whether it be a two-year school or four-year school or not going to college at all, those work experiences are critical to Mm -hmm. put on the top of your resume.
0: Sometimes it'll even get you paid more. Um, that's right as compared to somebody else who's not going to have that experience for anything else as well so mm-hmm. it's almost a good investment to go out and find yourself a part-time job during the summer or yes yep. something else like that as well
1: and even if it's not relevant to the job that you think you're going to get when you get out of school having that you worked five years at the deli counter and summers off from college shows that you showed up people liked you and they had you come back
0: Makes a lot of sense. Julie Rabinovitz and Jeannie Paquette are in for the Maine Department of Labor. We'll have more of them coming up. It's 828. This is Z1055, LA's only local radio station. Lori Z1055, former number one on the Z1055 Top 30 countdown. Catch out Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. here on the Z. It is right at 30 degrees outside. It's nice not to see it at 30 below zero. We're joined by Julie Rabinovitz and Jeannie Paquette from the Maine Department of Labor. You can follow the Maine Department of Labor on Twitter, go to Maine underscore labor, and stay up to date with Maine Department of Labor releases, newsletters, and more. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the minimum wage. Uh, Wal- Walmart just announced that they're raising theirs, which, you know, for whatever reason, they did raise it. and. 24 percent raise over what the minimum wage was and a lot of different bills uh some of them being sponsored by cities i know down in portland they're they're working to work on one and i know Bangor's thinking about doing something as well what's going on with the uh with the minimum wage and how is that going to affect small business owners
1: well there's eight bills right now in the legislature that uh, propose doing something with the minimum wage. One is a study that says, "Hey, let's take a look at it." That's sponsored by uh, Senator Saviello. Um The other bills range from proposals to raise the minimum wage, which right now in Maine is 7.50. The federal minimum wage is 7.25 an hour, so we're just 25 cents more than the federal minimum. Uh, the proposals range to raise it from $7.50 to $8, and then other proposals uh, would take it uh, in various stages to $9, dollars 10 to 10 10 which is what's been discussed at the federal level, and then all the way to to $11 and uh, even $12 an hour. And then the $12 an hour proposal would also include eliminating um, the we call it the tip credit but um the restaurant owners would pay all the minimum wage instead of basically half the minimum wage most of the time to restaurant workers and a lot of these proposals would also tie the minimum wage to the consumer price index so every year there would be a raise um, some kind of percentage that would go on top of that minimum wage and so there so there's a range of proposals. The department uh, testified, it, we testified in opposition to, to all of those, uh, primarily based on the concerns that um, businesses will have to make some decisions Uh, Because not every county, we just, you know, we talked about these unemployment rates. Not every county has recovered. Not every part of the state has has bounced back from the recession. And different businesses operate on different margins in terms of the cost of their labor. Uh, A business like a nursing home with CNAs and custodial staff and food service workers who are very necessary to the operation of that nursing home. That nursing home gets certain reimbursement rates from main care and, and Medicare that, aren't going to change. And so where do they come up with that extra money um, to, to pay for those workers? So we have a lot of concerns. And we are concerned that the low-skill workers uh, will still be at the bottom of the scale. They, they um, will get a raise, but they haven't gained any skills that will help them uh, in, in- increase their marketability and their ability to earn more money and they also, the businesses will lay up, make a choice. And the, the worker with the least amount of skills, you know, the younger worker or the, the the person we're really concerned about, the 40-year-old who is still working full-time making minimum wage, would get laid off. And they're the people that, that need those jobs th- the most. There's very few of those in the state. A, a lot of these minimum wage worker discussions kind of inflate the number of people who were working full-time the majority are working part-time by choice who are making the minimum wage or they're working in a seasonal job making the minimum wage or, or they're in 52 percent of them are under the age of 24 so most of those are working part-time while they're in school there's not a lot of full-time head of households who are actually earning the minimum wage at Isn't 40 hours a less week.
2: than one percent less of, than one percent
1: people work total people
2: working are making minimum wage, so the other um, issue is that if you mandate an increase to the minimum wage, it sends the message out there that um, if I'm working next to somebody who's who's making seven fifty an hour and they get bumped to eight eight fifty and I've been there for two years and I'm making eight fifty, are you going to increase my wage as well? And if not, you're going to have a morale issue. You're going to have salary compression, and it's going to create um, in this market a lot more churning of workers, and uh, I think it's it's going to hurt the small businesses. And you know, I heard on the radio this morning, um, there's or, or a discussion. I think it was yesterday or today. I don't remember, but it was talking about the fact that you know small business owners, if they're mandated to pay more than minimum wage. Which a lot of entry level mom and pops start at minimum wage because it's usually part time people right. tr- starting out their first jobs. If you if you increase that minimum wage, what happens to that business owner? I don't know many business owners that um, in those kinds of situations that they make minimum wage. I mean, a lot of business owners really look very very closely at their margins and pay what they can. So mandating it what will that do to their goods will they have to raise their prices and therefore their goods that they sell will increase and
0: people- kind of negates that raise huh? right, right. Yeah. and
1: and we have seen you know that people are like oh wages plummeted they've been they went down well they went down because of the recession and they've been rising for the past two years and we know that um, because of the coming labor shortage we don't have enough young people to replace those retiring baby boomers supply and demand um when when workers get scarce wages get up get bid up and and right now the free market can kind of do that regionally so arista county can can rise their wages through the free market to the to a level that they can support york county um, in the cities can in in Cumberland County can do that um, to to the level that they can support, which is they're already paying higher than minimum wage in a lot of those places uh in, in Maine cities anyway.
0: Truly Ridowitz and Jeannie Paquette for the Maine Department of Labor. We'll have more of them coming up. We'll be talking about job fairs. Of course you can follow the Maine Department of Labor on Twitter. Look for Maine underscore labor. You're listening to the Breakfast Club on Z one oh five five it is eight forty five. The Breakfast Club Melissa Etheridge, I'm the only one, Z1055. 30 degrees, 852. Julia Rabinovitz and Jeannie Paquette are in for the Maine Department of Labor. Go to Maine. You can follow them on Twitter, Maine underscore labor. All the latest in releases, newsletters, and more. Also find them on Facebook as well, Maine Department of Labor. And, of course, you can follow Safety Works on Facebook as well. Job fair is coming up, obviously, uh, new start. A lot of people survived the winter and now they might be looking for something else, maybe a little closer to home. So next one, they don't have to drive miles and miles and miles in snowstorms. Let's talk a little exactly. bit about some of the job fairs coming up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's great. It the season for job fairs. We find that in the springtime, that's when people start to come out of their shells of the winter and it's time for them to, to look at opportunities. And um, a lot of th- a lot of tips for job fairs um, are you can find on our website at uh, maincareercenter.com um, and look at the list of where the job fairs are. They're not the only ones. Um, we have one on April 10th for this area, Androscoggin County Job Fair, which is April 10th at the Central Maine Community College. That's always a good fair and. Remember to dress appropriately, bring your resume, bring your 30-second elevator speech, and um, try to meet all the employers that you can and have a dialogue with them because it is a moment of truth. When you're in front of someone who makes hiring decisions, you put your best foot forward and who knows what can happen.
0: Maybe not a good day to wear your Motley Crue concert t-shirt and ripped jeans. Maybe, you know, (laughs) dress smart.
2: Yeah, yes, exactly. And I would also say that we've got some other job fairs that are scheduled um, for the outlying areas as well. In fact, today there's one in Portland at the new Greater Portland Career Center. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, it's a really nice facility. We have one in Lewiston at, uh, well, in the Lewiston area, Sebago Lakes Region Chamber of Commerce job fair, and it can serve all this area as well, and that is at the. It's at St. The, Joseph's College at, yeah. on April 6th. Yep, and that's on April 6th. Um, we have one in Rockland on the 7th, April 16th, Callis. And then April 23rd, we have one in Lewiston at the Ox, well, it's oh, no. in the Lewiston area, but it's for uh, Oxford and it's the Job Resource Fair, and that's at the high school in, in South, South Paris. Paris. And then there's one on August 27th in Augusta at the Gusta Career Center. So um, keep your eyes open. We're not the only ones hosting job fairs. Even some companies are doing on-site job fairs for particular positions that they have available. So um, if you're looking for something new, you're looking for a job, please visit our career centers and um, get yourself ready,
1: ready for that next wonderful, great job. They'll critique your resume. You can practice interviewing so you're ready when you get there. And also don't don't be put off by the industry because there's lots of different kinds of jobs in every employer. And just because it's a, a home health agency or it's a construction Australia. firm, it doesn't mean that they don't have bookkeeping jobs or um, other kinds of jobs that you could do. So... Be open-minded when you go to the job fair, and, and, and make the effort to talk. And even if it's not going to be your cup of tea, it's good practice.
2: And and I just want to say, uh, to a little bit of a shout out to the to the businesses out there that if you are now starting to uh, need to recruit and retain your current workforce, it's important that um, when you are uh, asking for people to apply and fill out resumes, and submit resumes, and fill out online applications, however your process is, please remember to get back to people. People spend a lot of time preparing to apply for a job. And just a quick email or a quick note to acknowledge that they have applied and that you're looking over their resume, uh, that's the courteous thing to do because the number one reason why people, we believe that they – have a bad rap is sometimes because they are not courteous in giving people a response when they do apply so keep that in mind in this competitive market
0: yeah there's nothing worse than doing the whole thing and then not hearing anything back yeah and then you see the announcement oh blah blah, blah i got hired you're like oh well i guess they, they didn't want me that's cool right. so yeah no that's uh I, I can see where that would be kind of a big deal yep. jeweler benefits and Jeannie Picat from the Maine Department of Labor. Pleasure as always. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you, Maddie. Follow,
0: Follow the Maine Department of Labor on Twitter, Maine underscore labor. And you can also like them on Facebook. Just look for the Maine Department of Labor. It's 31 degrees. It's Wednesday morning. You're listening to Z1055. The Breakfast Club. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?